Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of the Sit Down Community Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Shaw, and you are so privileged for the speaker we have today on this episode. So I'm going to hand the mic over to him and let him introduce himself. Hey, well, thanks for having me, Stephanie. My name is Tyler, Tyler Thornton. Um, if anything, just a little bit about me. I um, I actually met Stephanie in college. We went to Azusa Pacific University um, and I played some football there. Uh, did four years there, straight out of high school. Um, after college, played a little professional football as well. Um, kind of going back into college, I, you know, I have a faith background. I actually chose, one of the reasons I chose Azusa Pacific was because I was a Christian and kind of getting out of it, but wanting to kind of get closer to God and APU just had the, uh, what I was looking for. So um, after college, continued to play ball, uh, played a little professionally in the CFL, some indoor as well. And uh, I'm currently living in San Diego and actually going to be playing some more indoor coming up in the spring. So. Yeah, he is. Woo-woo. <laughs> yeah. uh, awesome. So glad to have you. Why don't you, just going back to um, your experience at APU, how do you, even in high school when you were playing too, what, um, what did it look like in your spiritual formation to bring God into each game? Um, for me, um, what was good, honestly, I feel like I was blessed. APU, they stand on like, four cornerstones as far as like building faith like um and you know building warrior men but warrior christian men you know so it was easy for me to kind of go game to game having god in mind and um you know pretty much having that faith uh throughout each game but um my formation with that you know i definitely did struggle a little bit as far as like my faith um and you know going to college and you know trying to just balance the two um but if anything apus day in day out of prayer before and after practice prayer after the games um the community you know we were all in like our own little bubble you know and um honestly i you know once i got out of that bubble is when i realized so much more about like what my how strong my faith actually was or how weak it was at the time, actually. Yeah. So, um, but APU did a good job of building relationships, Christian relationships, keeping us as far as um, you know the different principles of being a Christian, of being an athlete, of in tying the two together. They did a great job of making it a norm, like not making it something that most schools are like. It's like, oh, you're a Christian, like you know, and. You know, it's it's more of a different, um, you know, environment at different schools. So APU did a good job of that. And, you know, I appreciate everything I got from that school. Yeah, absolutely. How in, I mean, this is so Christianese and slightly corny, but when you think about it, like when you're playing, you've got God's jersey on you. How do you, and this is high school, this is at APU, this is when you were in Canada. How do you feel like you were both challenged um, and then also how was it maybe easier than you thought to walk in integrity and what God was calling? Yeah. Uh, the challenge, if anything, was just not getting caught up in everything outside of, um, you know, honestly, even going to a Christian school, you know, there's just outside forces, you know, and it, the challenge with that is just 
keeping the principles that is drilled into you and trying to be disciplined. You know, it's not easy being a Christian and just realizing um, you do have to set yourself apart, you know, and um, the challenge with that APU was, yeah, trying, trying to be self-disciplined, you know, and, and keeping that on the field presence and discipline and everything that you, everybody sees, keeping that same integrity off the field, you know, and then playing in Canada, um, you're outside of that bubble, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was easier when you're in the bubble, you got the coaches, great mentors, you know, great, mm -hmm. strong men of God. They're, they're putting on Bible study. They're putting on all different types of things that help, help the guys, you know, keep that, that faith, you know, and they're teaching stuff, you know, these, these are the type of coaches that never cuss at you. You know, when we're getting disciplined, you know, they're, <laughs> it's kind of funny. They're, they're spitting Bible verses at you as they're like, <laughs> making you, like yeah. but it was like, it's, it was just so cool. Uh, and it was a different culture that like, um, kind of take for granted. Cause when you get outside of that bubble, you start to realize like, like there's no place like that. And you gotta, you gotta take those experiences and actually take it with you. That was what that, what that period was for, like mm -hmm. equipping you with that type of um, culture and principle and character that way anywhere you go you bring that there and uh, but um, my biggest challenge was when you leave bringing that culture with you and not letting it kind of fall on the wayside because life will happen and you know and mm -hmm. all Christians we know like there's seasons you know and those yeah. seasons come how do you react you know? mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and with that too um, I guess my next question would really be about competition. Uh, you know, even as we were prepping for, for this episode, we were talking about competition and this can go into really any, um, field and career of life, but as athletes, the goal is to get gold. It's to get first place. It is to beat other people to, um, get the prize. And I think, um, I think, and, you know, I was an athlete, not throughout college, but I think the biggest thing was I started feeling, um, just the tug of like envy and jealousy when I wouldn't be put on the court playing volleyball when I wanted to, or thought I, it was my time to shine and things like that. So how did you navigate competition in a way that didn't control you, um, and still kept God, you know, yeah. in place? Yeah. Um, to be honest, like God was always there, but he, you know, it was a period where he became first and it wasn't in high school. It wasn't, honestly, it wasn't even in college. It, was, it wasn't until I was forced, like I was back against the wall, um, <laughs> like at, at my lowest really. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, as far as like him always being with me, even though he was the first, the principles were still there to the point where, um, I don't know. I was, I was always that kind of team guy, you know, obviously internally, like even in high school, I had to switch positions my senior year to a position I never played. And I'm like, why would you, you know, switch me to this position? But, you know, at the end of the day, it was for the greater good. It was for the team. And it worked out for my favor. I even, I went to college playing that same position that they switched mm -hmm. me, you know, and then, um, you know, in, in college, you know, I had some success, but anything about um how how us as athletes we're always like it's 
you got to find a balance of definitely doing what you can to be your your best, but mm-hmm. also be the best for the team and kind of do for the team as well. So you got to find that balance. And um, if anything, a verse that kind of sticks out and maybe I'll get to like where I actually made that switch of completely uh, being like God first mm-hmm. um, rather than like God just there. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, this, this verse kind of touches on it. It says, do you not know that in a race all runners run? They're very best to, to win, but only one receives the prize. Run your way, uh, uh, run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Now, every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. They, not, they do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run without a definite goal. I do not frail or flail around like one beating the air, just shadow boxing. But like a boxer, I strictly discipline my body and mm. make it my slave so that after I have preached the gospel to others, I myself will not somehow be disqualified as an unfit or as unfit for service. Now that's first mm-hmm. Corinthians 9, 24 uh, to 27. But if anything to me, um, that that's basically showing um, obviously self-discipline, but it's showing that there was a bigger purpose, you know, at the end of the day, it came a time for me and I didn't realize till after I got cut from a team in Canada, mm-hmm. where I realized that my identity wasn't in my sport. And it took, mm-hmm. it took all that time for me to realize that. Cause yeah, at that point I was feeling, you know, at my lowest, you know, I got cut from the team and I remember what helped me was a, a friend of mine said, let's go to church, you know, and, we went to church and um, at that and that day, you know, people asking me because some of them knew like he's introduced me, oh, he played in the CFL. And I just, you know, my conversation with them, you know, they're going to ask, you know, how, how is it there? And I got to let them know, like, you know, I just got cut, you know, I'm not even on the team no more. And it was just such a low period. And I had so much like kind of like shame. I didn't want to talk about it, you know, and then we go into service. And then when I left uh, that service, I got filled with that Holy Spirit. So like God kind of touched me in such a way that day mm-hmm. um, where immediately after walking out of the service, like I was able to have that conversation with people and like, and have um, confidence, you know, wouldn't feel shameful, wouldn't feel um, condemned, you know, knowing that God was my identity at that time, knowing that um, my identity wasn't in Christ. I mean, it wasn't in my sport. It wasn't in, you know, I'm not just an athlete. You know, I am someone bigger than, um, you know, the sport that I play. And, and and it really flipped the switch then. Unfortunately, it took that long for me. But, um, you know, that was my testimony of just knowing that I'm more than an athlete, you know, and I, I'm a man of God, if anything, you know, and, um yeah, I think it's good that we're having this conversation because more people should should know that. Like, and there's athletes, you know, if anything, pretty much every athlete, when you know that's your last game, that's a that's a time frame where you're you're gonna, you're trying to re find out who you are, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that's where God kind of kind of got me and and, and and took me on a different journey, you know. So, um, 
but yeah, the true prize is what God for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. How do you feel like shame plays into it? You know, I can imagine, you know, I haven't gone past, you know, into college sports or after or Olympics. Like I can't imagine um, just the pressure that really mm-hmm. comes from the performance of, you know, when the Olympics were coming up this summer, I remember seeing um, a post about how one athlete trained for, you know, 12 years for a whole 20 seconds, like on the track. Right. Um, how do you think we can really understand that of like the pressure it takes and the shame when things change and God changes our situation? How, how did it look for you to change shame into, you know what, God, you have me. And I believe that. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a period of, um, you know, definitely having the Holy spirit convict me. Uh, but it was a challenge, you know, I mean, especially with trying to continue to play the sport, um, you know, there's, there's stuff that kind of tries to get in the way of God mm-hmm. and, and, um, God's crazy. Cause he's going to find a way to like <laughs> be there, number yeah. one, you know? So, um, yeah, if anything, I'm kind of blanking on how to answer this question, but if anything, just the challenge, the biggest challenge was how much you put into the sport or how much you put into the, uh, um, you know, whatever your sport was, your, your training, you know, you definitely needed to incorporate that with your spiritual side, mm-hmm. you know, and, and find that balance as well. But um I, I once I had all that time, I wasn't on a team. I had all that time. I was going to church more often. I was getting involved in the church. That's when I started to realize that, um, yeah, I needed to put, you know, if I wanted to build this faith and I wanted to build this uh, relationship with God, I, I definitely needed to put the the effort and the time in more often than, than I, I was, you know? So uh, the challenge was just doing that and not letting all the other busyness, not letting training, not letting, um, you know, trying to do other things, uh, get in the way of that. And if anything, the challenge was what this sport taught, taught us, you know, self-discipline, you know, and never quit, never quit. You know, it's going to be a journey. You're not going to always, you know, be on top. You know, it's a, it's a, there's so many seasons that you're going to go through, but, you know, never quit, persevere. Yeah. Keep, keep going. Absolutely. How do you feel like navigating identity of when I think sports, I think people making a name for themselves. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of walk in that of trying to make a name for yourself when arguably the name we're trying to make something for is God's name. So Mm -hmm. how do we navigate identity that's rooted on the self uh, when we're trying to give glory to God? Yeah, it's just knowing who you are. Um, and once you realize that you are like a child of God, um, you're really just being you out there. You're really just giving off who you are. And then God will kind of just, people will see that in you, you know? And um, as far as for me, like the identity that I'm, you know, wanting to be viewed as is a man of God. Who plays the game, who plays the game of football, you know, and who has strong character, who has um, you know 
integrity, you know, and, and, and at the same time, he's the type of guy that he sees you on the field, he's going to try to take your head off. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it's just, it's just really knowing that um, God, God is a center, you know, and at the end of the day, any good that you do on that field or, you know, it, it's glory to him, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not for yourself. And then if something doesn't go your way, understand that, okay, God is in control. It's for a reason, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, at that time frame where I, where I got cut, I, I literally had to, I came to a realization, like control what you can, pray for the rest. Like God is in control. Mm-hmm. Control your, what you, you, you can, you can, your daily actions, training, you know, God, you know, hitting your, your Bible verses or whatever you like to get involved in do that and you know whatever happens roll with the punches just keep going and um just know that you're you're you're, you're firm and, and god but it is a uh, it is a thin line especially in sports today because like more people than not that you'll meet will have some type of christian background but like where they are in that journey mm-hmm. definitely definitely is is you know you can you can have that conversation with them, but you, you'll definitely see all spectrums of that journey. You can see it at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be able to kind of see, okay, you know, I know they, they believe, but, you know, maybe not fully grasp, you know, that relationship. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think of even, you know, you shared when you had that encounter with the Holy Spirit and he just totally flipped that shame into, you know what, this is who I am and God has me in it. I think of that in terms of, and we'll add a little theology in here at this, at this portion, but how is it to really find the Trinity to understand your relation to the father, to understand your relation to the son, to understand your relation to the spirit. I think for me, it took just the breaking of getting to your rock bottom Mm -hmm. and figuring out who you go to at that moment, is it God? Or do you just, you know, go to the temptations of the world that the devil's just waiting to trip you up on. And I think it just kind of gets you to this spot where like recently um, I've been in the gym weightlifting since college. And I got so angry (laughs) because my knee started just, uh, just shooting pain. And I was mad. I'm like, Lord, why would you have me in this gym? If I would injure myself, that's so stupid. But he was trying to teach me a lesson. He said, Stephanie, are you depending more on your strength or the strength I put in you on a daily basis where I wake up and I give you exactly what you need for today. And just going through a several month process to kind of rehab my knee and figure out, you know, what training worked, what training didn't. And I think in, in those moments, God has shown me his sovereignty that he is, you know, however you relate to God, father or dad, or for me, it's Abba. So it was like, Abba, you promised that I would be strong, not because of me, but because of you mm-hmm. and that I would be able to walk into a gym and, uh, get attention that can glorify you and mm-hmm. help people train in a way that glorifies you, not me. Mm-hmm. And then with the son, um, I think it was a moment where I had to tell God and be honest of, you know what, I'm not sure I know how to talk to your son. And he's the very person who gives me access to you, like reveal yourself to me, Jesus. And I think 
this goes along with the injury of when I see Jesus, he is the Jesus of the cross. He is the Jesus wearing the crown of thorns that is causing blood to rush down his body. And he's covered in sweat and caked in dirt because they just forced him to take his cross at the to Calvary. Mm-hmm. And I think <clears throat> we do a bad job in America of whitewashing Jesus and making him this grand transcendent being and he's going up to heaven on a cloud and there's so much light but what about the jesus who gave it all and sacrificed it and took wounds that would pay our ransom not even his and i think when i when i started seeing jesus in that way as the jesus that was wounded so that even if i'm wounded i would have that healing that has eternal significance it just it hits different because Mm -hmm you realize the cost and yet there's no price tag for us. It's just saying yes. And the Holy spirit just being so good of like pushing you almost like sometimes I feel like I get a full shove, but you know, just navigating that for, so for you, what does that look like as an athlete, as a man of God, as both those things, how have you, how have you navigated those relationships? Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We're so blessed. Honestly, to be saved by grace is just amazing. But um, really just knowing, knowing the different sides of God, the Trinity, you gotta, you gotta have knowledge. You gotta know his truth, you know, because mm-hmm. it's hard to stand firm on something when you're not really too sure about it. Yeah. Um, but um, the Holy Spirit, like you said, like, like Holy Spirit is with us at all times. Like that was the free gift. Like when Jesus left, he literally left us a spirit that's there with you all the time. And there's so many aspects. That spirit is so powerful. It's, it's, a, it's literally Jesus, you know, with you at all times. So it's like, um, through that spirit, you know, that spirit gives me comfort daily. You know, I'm never alone, you know, and then Jesus, um, like you said, just knowing what he's done, you know, and his character has really shaped how my, I, I want to identify my character, as, you know, like he was a servant leader. Like he was literally, upside down from what you would expect the king to be you know he was serving others more than he was actually um like being served you know so it was just um just learning more about jesus knowing his story and just knowing what he's done you know what he came to do and then how god um sent him here to basically do that mm-hmm. you know bear, bear us and live that perfect life um so we can even have that connection um so you know day in day out you know the the spirit definitely um is honestly that day where i said um you know i was feeling shameful and all that spirit is what failed me you know and you know obviously i I knew all the different sizes just i never really had the spirit that i was open to like i never really opened my life to the spirit you know, in that day, it was just like the spirit is like, you, you know, it's time. Like, you know, yeah. I'm here for you, you know, and it just filled me in such a, a peace. And like now when I think about success, like I don't think about, oh, I got have all this money. I, I, literally, it's the peace that that spirit gave me is like my true success. Like if I can have that, I don't need anything else, you know. So, um, I'm, yeah, just to kind of touch it. Yeah, just the spirit, Jesus, God, they um they all tie into one. And, you know, when you know the truths of the Trinity, um, 
that can really equip you with a lot on your day in, day out, you know, because they all have an aspect that can um, that can really get you, get you, move you forward, you know, and, and, and grow you, you know, and just knowing that can help you grow in your faith. Yeah, absolutely. What a testimony. That's amazing. I think too, like when we realize we're on the best team ever, like we literally have the eternal team that could take right. anyone out right. anytime and just fights for us. Right. And I think re- recently God gave me this image and he reminded me of that. He said, you're covered. I have you. Right. And it was like, all right, I've got the father in front of me. I've got the son to the side. I've got the Holy spirit on the other side. But there's that fourth dimension of God has angels on assignment for us. Psalm 91 talks about that. Literally says the Lord commands his angels concerning you. And it goes on in that to talk about how we just have the authority to crush the head of the lion and the serpent. And then go to Romans 15. It talks about how God is the one who allows us to stomp on Satan and just totally take over in a way. And I think for me, it's that encouragement of I'm covered. Like I'm not on my own. I don't have to do it alone. What does it look like to surround yourself in community? Not only in that way of knowing that you're on this eternal team, but having other people you can do it with. Did you have anyone, any teammates who really pushed you? Yeah. If anything, I can just name my, my buddy Jackson was like that teammate like he was like mm-hmm. he was that guy like he really catapults me and like like wants the best for me as far as um like helping me like kind of edging me to the to the right right path like even even sometimes when I stir away he's just like there so he's just been a great friend and it's that's what God calls it he calls us to have community you know we're not the devil wants us to kind of isolate ourselves and right. And that's when he does his work. So if anything, that community is what God wants. He's been a good community. I have good friends that I talk to daily that, you know, we always talk, you know, about um, just different things. We're battling different things. And, and we, you know, God is always in that conversation, you know. And, um, yeah, if anything, teammates, uh, I do, you know, each team I've had is it, cool because, some way, shape, or form, someone's there, and they and they are, they are believers, you know. And we we find a way to do like a Bible study, or there's a you know we do some type of chaplain before the games. But um, yeah, you know, I've been blessed to kind of meet people, and obviously, since I've have that that faith, and maybe it, it comes out in a conversation or, or or what have you. But I always kind of gravitate towards people who also believe. You know, whether wherever they are in their their journey, they also believe. And I mean, that that's all you necessarily need. You know, God, God only uses us. You know, we can be that that mustard seed or whatever, planting the seed. But God's going to do actual all the work. You know, at the end of the day. So, um, you know, for me, even even people who didn't necessarily believe. You know, I grew. I, I had different relationships, and it's good to have those relationships because you can be there to help people. You have these. You know deep conversations that you never thought you would have that kind of conversation. And, and it's really just you being you, but letting God uh, have that divine intervention, you know? And um, I think we're all called to definitely build relationships, you know, and, and, and be in community with each other, you know? Uh, um, the body of Christ is us, you know? So it's just um, continue to, you know, 
have those relationships and keep them, you know, everlasting relationship like me and you. <laughs> we, <laughs> met, we met like years ago, you know. Oh, random. Like, Thank you, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, and it's just, it's cool. And like, that's the best of APU. Like, I don't talk mm-hmm. to so many people from there, but the people that I do still have communication with, it's, it's like a blessing because it's, it's, um, it's good. It's good. Like, it's just, it's relationships that you know will last, you know, and it's like, you ain't going to talk every day, but, um, you know, you know, God's still working in their life and they're still pursuing God. And it's kind of, it's encouraging to yourself. And, and um, yeah, you just never know what can keep going from there. Like God's always working and he's still working right now. We're having a conversation right now that, you know, stemmed from, you know, six, five years ago, however long, but yeah. Yeah. Let's look at the flip side of that. And what would your encouragement be for those who are just in the middle of temptation of the world seeming really great and God seeming like, you know, not as attractive of a pursuit. You know, I think of Galatians five, seven says you were running a good race who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth. And I think in terms of even what the Bible says, I think our generation in our twenties, and then I'm afraid even the ones younger, um, I think we pick and choose a lot. What about scripture we want applicable because it can make our sin more palatable and it can make us excuse it and justify it more. It can make us choose anger or bitterness or, or the things that the Bible clearly marks out as like, stay away from those things. Um, it can put us on the throne versus God. How do we stay encouraged? How do we have, um, that knowledge that we can trample Satan down because we have that authority through Jesus. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like? What's your piece of encouragement for those, um, kind of in the middle of maybe they're even at their rock bottom of trying to figure out God, where are you? but also having a hard time truly pursuing him? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a great question. If anything, at Rock Bottom, it, you know, community is big, you know, and just, you know, let God kind of do his thing. You know, he will, but I would say, um, you know, try to try to pursue some type of community. And, and you know, whether it's going to church or trying to, uh, get involved with like they they have young young adults uh, like groups in churches and everything but um, that that's a good place to start if anything uh, finding a church you know and even if it's you go there once once a week uh, the goal is to try to get more involved you know and and try to join a group you know and um, community you know uh, whether you're in college you know try to join uh, a club, you know, there's FCA. If anything, I'm a big, big advocate for FCA. I've been participating with FCA for high schools and just seeing these freaking, these 14, 16, uh, mostly a little bit older, like 16, 17 uh, year olds and how on fire they are for God. I was like blown away. Like these kids yeah. are heading to college. Like I'm literally in a group chat right now with a couple guys. And they're just like blowing me away. Like they're going through their first month of college and they're just like, like, oh, they're all everybody wants to do is party and just they're navigating right now. And I'm getting the feedback from them as far as like, like just trying, they're they're just searching for that community, you know. And, and a lot of these guys are actually going through that time right now where they're like just trying to trying to figure out where they fit in. Mm-hmm. And 
try to, you know, be that vessel of God, but um, still not fall into the temptation, you know, and really it's just standing firm on God's truths, um, which the truths that you know, and, and find that community. There is the community that like God is all over, you know, and there's people, um, but then, you know, it may not be a big community, but, you know, it, it starts somewhere, you know, and, and you, all God needs a little bit, you know, he's, he's, he's all powerful. So just, um, I encourage you to just don't isolate yourself. Don't try to, um, you know, gravitate towards, um, people you obviously know aren't the, um, good influences. Try to fill yourself with, um, just, just a positive influence, um, and, and, uh, stand firm really, because that's going to be key, you know, keep God close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously I've seen your, uh, kind of journey navigating becoming close to your church. Would you share, um, with those listening, what does it look like for you to get plugged in even with FCA? Yeah. Um, how has that looked like from going from the discomfort of being like, I'm new here, um, right. to really being like, I belong here and I am here on assignment. Right. No, yeah, it was, uh, it was all God, honestly. Like mm-hmm. I've had, um, so, so FCA fellowship of Christian athletes, they pretty much have them at most schools, uh, colleges, campuses. Um, but it's, I had a, sh- I had a shirt on that said FCA. And I was fairly new to the San Diego area and I was getting a burger at a spot and the guy who served me, um, he had on the FCA bracelet and I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, well, a nice bracelet. And then we start talking and I was like, yeah, I'm actually trying to get more involved. And that yeah. conversation turned and he was like, my best friend runs the whole North County, San Diego division of FCA. Mm-hmm. And then that connection sparked from there. And then I got plugged in with FCA. We had coffee. And then next thing you know, I'm, with the with the you know one of the high schools out here you know volunteering extending mm-hmm. me having the guys over for bible studies and you know it's just honestly the biggest thing is just saying yes uh to put it simple just say yes because the opportunities will come yeah. you know and a lot of times we like oh i don't want to go or we just make up an excuse not to do something mm-hmm. but just say yes to god honestly like in the church you will get convicted it's nearly impossible to go to church consistently and not get convicted once you really have to say to yourself like ah no that's not to me you know you have to have like sound canceling headphones not to be convicted (laughs) even so god will still find a way so find a way so like even in church you know you're gonna see different things young young groups um i got a part of a discipleship group at my church Mm -hmm. uh, because jackson and another friend that went to my church or um I started going to their church. If anything, they were part of that group a year before me and they did a missions trip and, you know, just, just hearing their, their, their feedback on it. Like you should do a mission. You never did a mission. And I was like, no, and, you know, I was actually open to it. It's just sports. Mm-hmm. It took all my time. Like in the summer when it was time to do a mission, I'm training, you know? So it's just, um, just saying yes to that. I was like, okay. You know, I went to a, a meeting on the discipleship, um, you know, group and, from there I said yes you know and and it was a 10-month commitment you know and and they they grew they grew your faith you know and if anything you started to learn more about God you started to learn more about 
different uh, different things, the spirit, you know, and what we're actually capable of, authority we have, and it just gives you so much more confidence, you know. Um, and the cool thing is they, they plug me in. I, hey, do you want to help around the church? Next thing you know, I'm ushering. Next thing you know, I'm helping with the kids ministry. Mm. You know, I teach first to third graders, you know, and they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, um, but it's really like all in all, you got to feel yourself before mm. you can try to give and, and, and plug and do too much. So go to church. You got to just keep, 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 Keep pursuing God, honestly. Pursue God and say yes. It would be like my final two things about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. That brings up such a good point too about generations. And I think I would say the biggest discouragement is we write off younger kids of, oh, they're on their phone. They're not going to pay attention or anything anyways. And it's like, the Bible is so clear. I was just reading in Psalms several chapters and it just talks about, making sure that we keep the word as generational, that the things of God, the awe inspiring things of God are meant to be passed down from generation into generation. And so how, I mean, it's just awesome getting to hear that uh, you went from being poured into as, you know, from your coaches and now you get to do the same thing. What do you find, um, within that high school group what is the biggest temptation to not stay close to god and as they're navigating their first few months in college which is exciting what do you see as the biggest struggle for that generation um what they the feedback they typically give me is biz like time time management like being busy and it doesn't matter where you're at in life you're going to always feel busy yeah you know and it just gets more like just stacks on as you get older but the biggest thing because a lot of these guys they're, they're all athletes you know they play baseball and this managing that and then managing the school and then you know they had a tough time recently with COVID and managing all that but mm-hmm. um yeah the biggest thing they were just challenging me was time um you know a lot of these guys I, I got lucky with a, a good group of guys you know um different other different struggles too um they have um they, they're just good at they're they're strong in their faith you know so what we really kind of teach is you know different ways we can just be daily in our in our application and in, in, yeah. our, in our uh you know time with god mm-hmm. so um the biggest things that get in the way of that was time for them of just and and and, and not letting other things kind of get in the way um so that was the kind of the biggest thing I got out of the uh, out of that conversation with them, um, and um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I always say I mean, temptation is literally generational. <laughs> the same things yeah. that are happening in the Bible yeah. are, are yeah. happening now. So, oh yeah, I mean, this, I mean, at this point in time in life, we just have to access to so much. So, temptation mm-hmm. as well um, is is there. Um, for them as well and um i think the biggest thing is just trying to instill in them that this is what the bible said just knowing your truths you know mm-hmm. and knowing that god doesn't ever condemn them or never shames them um you know he convicts us you know and just going over different things that we could do day in and just taking things day by day don't worry about tomorrow don't you know whatever 
that we're dealing with. And the cool thing as far as like generation, um, and I, so it's why I'm saying I'm so blessed because these guys actually encourage me. Like the times I get to like do the Bible studies with them actually fills me because like they just like astonish me every time. Like, I'm just like, you guys are like so on fire at such yeah. a young age. Like, it's like ridiculous, you know? So, um, and just hearing what they have to say, like we, we, we start our, our meetings, just, you know, what's our, what's our, what are we grateful for today? You know, what's our, what do we are grateful for this week? What happened this week? Or what's something that uh, we struggled with this week, you know? And then we kind of tie in, you know, other things and start to go into the strict scripture, but they, they, typically are just usually um, good at just being transparent and uh, yeah, the biggest things I know that they were dealing with is time management, uh, uh, um, trust in God and, um, you know, temptation was there a little bit, but um, yeah, I think, I think it's just good to, uh, I don't know, I'm rambling at this point. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. Why don't you, um, before we enter into a time of prayer, just feeling like people need extra prayer from us so we can, we can give a few minutes to that for sure. But what are some practical pieces of encouragement? I mean, you've just been been giving that throughout this last hour, but what are just some practical things that really promote consistency of the faith in sports and whatever we're dedicating our time to, what are things that are really non-negotiables within your day, within your week, within your month? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's big consistency. Like the good thing about athletes is that we were already taught certain standards as far as how to get something done, how to be like, if you want to be on a winning team, things you gotta do, hard work, um, you know, practice, you know, not practice, you know, three times a week, it's practice every day, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or whenever the team's practicing. And um, it's just different things that the sport taught us that um, you gotta translate that to your faith. You have to translate that to your faith. So um, practice, you know, as far as, um, if you don't feel you're good at prayer, pray, try praying every day. Mm-hmm. And, and the prayer doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you can just talk to God, mm-hmm. you know, talk to God. Hey, God, I'm struggling with this right now, you know, and, um, and it's just going for it. You know, it's not, you can't fail when you just pursue God, you know, and it's just, just going for it and, tr- and, and trying to do something daily is ideal um, but i would say just take it day by day you know and try to find some consistency mm-hmm. you know, and, and an easy way to start you know baby steps you know five minutes a day of talking to god prayer or whatever mm-hmm. you know reading reading scripture or reading a daily devotional um, um those things kind of help build consistency as you go along and then that five minutes can turn into 10 minutes and then mm-hmm. the next thing you know you're you know, you're, you're kind of developing that. And I would say, find a church, you know, find a church, find a home church, you know, find a church, you know, sometimes you could take a few different, you know, churches checking out until you find one that you, you want to be involved in. But yeah, find a church and get plugged in. That's going to be key, you know. Um, 
And if anything, when you're when you're plugged in and church isn't just, you know, once a week, you know, obviously it's good to go to church every week, but you gotta incorporate God every every day, ideally. You know, he has to be throughout your week, you know, because life is gonna happen throughout your week. Yeah. You just equip yourself once a week for everything that's gonna happen, you know, five times, seven times a week, you know, it's just you're not really setting yourself up for success, you know. So um, but yeah, my biggest thing is literally just spend be around God more. He's already there, just pursue him as he's there, you know. Um, but um, yeah, I would I would just start something small, five days or five minutes. And when you wake up, before you go to bed, you know, whatever time works for you, you gotta, you know, make it, you know, it's not the same for everybody, but um, yeah, that would be my encouragement. And, you know, find some community in that too, because accountability, obviously, even now um, for me, um, I, I need accountability. You know, I need someone who knows, you know, my, my struggles, somebody who knows that, you know, who can pray for me, you know, because prayer is powerful, you yeah. know, so, um, yeah, you know, your friends, you know, the people that are close to you, even your family, you know, um, just somebody you could talk to and, and keep you accountable for the things you're trying to do. Yeah. You know, to the point where, like, they ask you, hey, did you do your five minute, you know, today? You know, and it keeps you accountable that way. You know, that way you're not feeling like you're just doing so long. It's good to Maybe, hey, let's both do this five minutes together, you know, um, you know, five minutes a day and keep track with that. So there's different little things that we already do in other things. We go work out with a gym partner, you know, and that keeps us accountable, you know, incorporate that with your faith, you know, get a, you know, partner to do a Bible study, you know, read a book, read a book of James, short to the point where so <laughs> much. Read <laughs> so two, it's in. only one chapter. <laughs> Right. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's literally just finding little things to do. And these little things will build on top of each other that to the point where, um, yeah, you're just, the momentum is there, you know? Mm -hmm. so, and it builds. Yeah. It's built. That's awesome. Well, I just feel like we are called to do a little extra prayer. So, um, I'm going to start it off and then I'll let you, uh, close this out. So heavenly father, God, we just contend, um, for those listening, for those yet to listen, God, um, we just contend for the bravery it takes to choose the spirit over the flesh. God, um, with all the temptations we have in culture and society and our friend groups and, and church and whatever circle we find ourselves in and school, God, um, I just pray that we would be, um, just so deeply, um, enamored by you. So gravitated towards you, God, that even in the seasons where we feel distant, even in the seasons where we don't want to talk to you and pray, even in the seasons where our Bibles are collecting dust, God, you are still there and you cover us and you have us even when we don't have our own back, uh, when we're making choices that, um, you know, are not pushing us towards your purpose, God. I pray specifically, Lord God, for those who have specific injuries, God, who have concussions, who have 
uh, knee injuries, who have broken bones, who have um, ailments that are causing them to no longer be able to participate in whatever um, sport they're in, whatever activity they do, God, would you teach each one of them just your deep, unending love for them, that their identity is not broken and shattered, that they are still as loved? Would you show um, just a roadmap through your word, God, of what it looks like to find purpose, what it looks like when you pivot our purpose to be more in alignment with your will, God. So I speak uh, just specifically to those who are (laughs) arguing with you, God, those people who are saying, but God, um, but we know that you are a father who promised and the promises you give to us, God, you perform them. And you're so trustworthy. And Jesus, I just pray you are our greatest teacher. Jesus, would you teach us how to pray when we don't feel like it, when we're weary and tired, would you teach us how to pray in those moments as much as we pray in the other moments? And would you allow us to be taught how to pray Jesus when we're on the high of a win or a victory or a PR, whatever it is, God, would we worship and praise you and pray to you all the same? So I just cover those people, Lord, whoever they are, uh, I believe deeply in your ability to reach uh, people we couldn't even imagine. Um, In Jesus' name, I lift those things up. Thanks, Lord. I just want to um, just add on to that, Lord. Um, I thank you so much for our time that we get to uh, have these conversations, Lord. Um, It's such a blessing such a blessing to Tyler blowing up over here oh my god <laughs> it's the group chat it is Mike Willis God. <laughs> uh, God I just <laughs> I was gonna pray for Mike Willis whatever he's got going on Lord but also on top of that Lord just thank you for Stephanie uh, thank you for her having me um, on here I, I thank you for her heart for uh not only our generation, but the, the generation to come, you know, and all athletes, the, the um, just that aspect of our Christians, just the athletes who are going through the struggles that we ourselves went through, you know, injuries, um, that is big. As athletes, that's one of the biggest things that maybe sometimes cause us not to play the sport that we love. And uh, navigating and, and, and maybe even questioning you sometimes God, on why we are experiencing that. You know, hey, I go, I, I do this all the time, God. I do, I pray, I do, and, and I still get injured. And really understanding um, or trying to understand why something like that can happen to them, God. And I just thank you for you always being faithful. It doesn't matter what we experience, God. You are always faithful and you always have a reason. And I pray that for those people experiencing those things, just like Stephanie said, that they can really don't put the blame on you, but really lean more into you in those times. Yes, God. Because uh, that's when you're going to uh, do your best work in those times where uh, we are feeling at our rock bottom and um, you, you're, you're shaping us. You're, you're literally constructing heart surgery on us at those times. Mm-hmm. where you're showing us where our 
faith really lies. At those times, uh, Lord, I pray that you can equip those uh, with the heart for you uh, and a, a strong um, faith that's not a perspective that we have, but a, a heavenly perspective. Lord, if anything, where we can just trust in you and know that you will make all things good as you always do, Lord. And um, even though we don't understand, um, I pray that we can just continue to lean to you and, and, and know that um, you always are there for us. And you always have our back. And just I pray that we can stand on your truths. You know, for all the athletes, Lord, um, that are trying to stand firm and, and, and dealing with just a busy schedule and just trying um, to stand with you, but they're getting distracted, Lord. I pray that you can give them, um, just equip them with the time that they, they, they need to give to you, Lord. Um, if anything, I pray that you can equip them with the desire to, to, to pursue you in whatever time that they do have open, Lord. Um, and not let this world distract us, Lord. I pray that um, they, they know their identity in you. Uh, I pray for all athletes um, who struggle with um, their identity. Lord, I just wanna pray over our identity. You know, as, as I once was uh, someone who just was identified by my sports and performance and I didn't perform well, um, I felt away, you know, if, even if the team won and I didn't do well, I felt away. Um, and I just pray that <clears throat> you can just pray a peace over those, or uh, over those, those, those people or those athletes and, and, just, and just pray a peace in knowing that you are their identity. You know, at the end of the day, um, the prize is already won. Okay, um, and I just want to pray that they can truly just pray that you can just truly fill their their hearts and their, and their and their and their their bodies with the Spirit, Lord. And I pray that they can continue to uh, grow their faith uh, through the Trinity. Uh, I pray that they can continue to know uh, the sacrifice that Jesus made for them. I pray that they can know your hope, the spirit that you left them, um, and they know who you are to the point where it doesn't matter what they go through. Uh, they can always come to you. They can always pray to you, um, and they know that you're always going to be there for them. Um, I think this, uh, this is going to be big for our world as far as um, what's to come. You know, I, I love that the newer generation is on fire as they are, Lord, and yeah. I thank you for um, equipping, you know, people like Stephanie and and giving us the heart to uh, to continue to pursue them, you know, and and, and be there for them and be uh, whether it's a mentor or encouragement or whatever it is for them. So, to those listening, Lord, um, I just thank you for them to have an ear for um, what we have to say. Um, Pray that they gain something from it. Uh, I pray that, you know, if anything, all glory goes to you. Mm -hmm. pray that. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you for those who are listening. 
as we just prayed, you know, we want you to know that God has you and he is the ultimate team captain, whether there are seasons where we like to admit it or not. So stay encouraged, be affirmed. You are not alone. Um, and we will see you next week for our next and almost last episode. Have a great week, y'all.